Somebody praise the Lord in this place. Good morning. Good morning. Look at your neighbor and say, good morning. Good morning. I'm glad you're here. Say, uh, look at your other neighbor, your second choice. I'm just kidding with you. Listen, listen. We cast out that spirit of division in the name of Jesus. I'm so glad you're here, and I know you're glad both neighbors are here, right? And we're, I just come up this morning, we're going to welcome God in this place. How many of you know that we can all show up, but if he's not here, why are we here, right? I'm not here to check off a religious checkbox. I've come to experience the presence of an almighty God in my life, and I believe that he is here. So I just want you to look up and say, welcome, Lord. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. I want to open up with a psalm, Psalm 150. So many of you that, uh, guys this morning are going to think, wow, last week was so expressive. It got kind of loud. I want to know about that a little bit. And this is what David said in Psalms 50. He said, praise the Lord, right? Praise God in his sanctuary. So it's okay. I'm just here to tell you, look at your neighbor and say, it's okay. And don't get nervous. It don't get weird. If I lift my hands, it's okay. If I clap, it's okay. David said I could. Take it up with David. David said I could. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Has God done anything good for you this week? Has he been good to you? Praise him for it. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the heart. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. It's okay if you dance. It's okay if you're permissible. It's permissible. I'm just saying. Praise Him with a stringed instrument. Praise Him with a loud cymbal. Praise Him with a clashing cymbal. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have breath in your lungs this morning, this word is for you. God designed you to worship Him. And we come, Lord, in this house this morning to lift your name on high because you're worthy That has great. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn it up just a little bit. Thank you. Praise God. always tries to come at you in a new way we've always said this new level new devil but I want you to understand something today we preach a scripture a lot about God leading his children into the promised land if you've been in church at all you've heard that scripture preached probably multiple times and we've, we've preached that message that God desires to lead you into your promised land. And, I, and now we could go a lot of different directions with this, but here's where I, where I felt like God would have me to, to say something this morning. I heard a preacher preach this one time. The first steps into your promised land sometimes is painful. Meaning they're uncomfortable. I'm going there today because I just think it's time we, we take the filter off. The first thing, amen. The first thing that Joshua told, the first thing that God told Joshua to do when they stepped into the promised land, does anybody, does anybody remember that? Circumcise. Circumcise all the, all the men. It's the first thing. The first steps into your promised land can be uncomfortable. And not long after that, they had to fight a battle, the battle of Jericho. Probably still dealing with the pain of circumcision. And now God's telling them to march around Jericho one time a day for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around it for seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to lift up a shout. And here's what I heard God say. It might be uncomfortable for you. But if you would press through it, there's some religious strongholds in your life. There's some walls that have been built around your heart that if you'll just release a shout this morning, there's some religious walls that are about to fall in somebody's life. And I'm not trying to dictate the service this morning, but if y'all could just go into that bridge one more time not trying to, 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 yeah, I heard that. Praise God. You hear that key change, you know. I, I just, I want somebody to understand this morning. You've got authority in the name of Jesus, but unless you exercise the authority, come on somebody. 
I just want somebody to press through their prom- press into your promised land. Press into your joy. Press into your peace. And it might take a shout. You might have to praise God on credit. But just go ahead and praise him like the walls are already falling right now. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
background, believe it or not. And I'm here to tell you that some of you have been brought up to believe that you can try Jesus and see. And that's why some of you are barely singing this song is because you say, well, if I sing it, maybe he will. That's not how the Lord works. He is pleased by our faith when we push into him confidence that he will according to his will. And if my life is lined up with him and his will, I can be confident in the authority that he's given me. And so to this morning, I just want to encourage somebody to put your background, to put your past, to bring what you've been brought up in behind you. And don't try Jesus and see. Believe him and watch. And so every voice in this room, I want to see, I want to hear. If we could sing that bridge again. Go ahead, Lexi. 
moment, I can't help but to think about our freedom curriculum that we have at the church, our small group. In that curriculum, there's a revelation on the scripture that I've never thought about it this way before. The curriculum divides the difference really between living in the tree of life or living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I don't have time to get into all that today, but there's a scripture in the New Testament that is, is separated by a comma. And depending on which tree you're living in, depends on how you view that scripture. And it says this, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, come, obey my commandments. You see, if you're living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because God said, if you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. So if you're living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, your life is focused on the latter half of that scripture. Obey my commandments. You're living a life focused on what you should and should not do. Many of us was brought up that way. We think Christianity is defined by what we should and should not do. But I don't think that's what Jesus really intended for us to focus on on that scripture. Because the tree of life, which we understand represents freedom in Christ Jesus. The tree of life focuses on the first part of that scripture. If you love me. You see, if I focus on loving Jesus, if I just focus on come and consume all that I am, God, I give you my heart. God, I want you. If my desire is Him and Him alone, I don't have to worry about the do's and don'ts. The do's and don'ts will take care of themselves. All I do is love Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, as a matter of fact, all the law, meaning all the Old Testament, the prophets, the prophecies, the, the, the Ten Commandments, the numerous laws in, 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 in the old covenant. He said all of those things are summed up in two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is like it, meaning it's just as important. <laughs> I could preach right there. <laughs> Some of us don't have an issue with loving God, but this, oh, never mind. I'm not going there. 
I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Love your neighbor as yourself. So here's what I want to do right now. Here's what I feel led to do with the Holy Spirit. You've come into God's house today. And like Cassie said, she came up here. She said, you don't quite understand everything that's going on, but that's okay. All you know is you want him. That's okay. I just want to celebrate with somebody in the house that's going to receive Jesus as their Savior right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. As we were singing this song, if you can, if you can be honest with God and honest with me and just say, Pastor, that's, my, that's the prayer of my heart today. I want Jesus to come and consume all that I am. I'm giving him my heart. My life is his from this day forward. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it all, but I don't have to understand it all. I'm just willing to step out in faith today. I'm willing to confess with my heart and believe, or confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. And I'm believing that I'm gonna leave here differently than the way I walked in. If that's you, can you just lift up your hand right now? Come on, I wanna celebrate with some people. Hands lifting up everywhere, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As a matter of fact, here's what I want to do. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Can we one more time, can we bow our heads and close our eyes? I believe that there were some people that said, I, I would wait, raise my hand, but you know what? And, and one of these days, you, you might have to, you know, the Bible says, profess him. Profess him in, 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 front of, in front of the world, you know, make a public profession. I believe there's coming a day where all of us have to make a public profession of our faith. But right now, I just want to remove every obstacle. If there's one more in this house today that will just say, I should have lifted my hand while ago, but I felt like every eye would have been on me. And listen, that's, don't listen to the voice of the enemy. There's going to be no condemnation. The Bible says, now therefore there is no condemnation for him who is in Christ Jesus. There's going to be celebration in this house. If there's one more that can say, Pastor, I want Jesus today. On the count of three, just lift up your hand. One, two, three, right now. Hands, wow, hallelujah. Hands going up everywhere. God, I love you. God, I praise you, Lord. Listen, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that's all it takes. Confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died for you. Confess your sins to him. And the Bible says that he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what does that mean? That means that no matter what mistake you have made in your past, when you confess Jesus and when you, when you confess your sins to him, that means the Bible says this, he cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, never be to be remembered again. And therefore, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on, somebody. There's a churchy term. Somebody say church word. How many of y'all know what church words are? All the ifications. There's a word called justified. See, when you confess your sins to him and you, you are therefore covered, in, the Bible says you are covered in the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why he had to go to the cross. 
That's why he shed his blood for the, for the forgiveness, for the remit, the Bible says for the remission of your sins. He didn't just cover them. He washes them. He, he removes them. And when that happens, what, what, what is taking place is justification. Meaning you are justified in Christ. I heard it explained this way one time. What does justified mean? mean justified means just if I'd never sinned. Just if I'd never sinned. See, when you, when the Bible says, therefore the old things have passed away. And behold, all things are made. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm ready for that to happen in the house right now. Come on. Will you pray with me? Church, pray with me and pray. I don't know how many hands. Miss Renee, I don't know how many hands were just lifted, so don't ask me, okay? I don't know. You'll just have to, we'll just have to uh, guess the best we can on, on the report this month. Come on, somebody. I want to pray over these hands that were lifted. I want you to pray with me, church. God, right now, you see and you saw each and every hand that was raised. And God, I'll pray right now, God, that as they profess and as they profess you and as they confess their sins to you, God, that your Holy Spirit is coming in them. God, you're washing their sins away. You're casting their sins as far as the east is from the west, God. Never to be remembered again, God. The old things are passing away and behold, all things are being made new right now, Father. And God, they're not leaving here today the same way they walked in. But now they have a testimony. They have a testimony, God, that says greater is he that's within me than he that is of this world. God, they're not leaving here, God, by themselves, but they're leaving, God, with the authority of Jesus Christ, the name above all names, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Can we throw a party in here for about 60 seconds? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That was the shortest 60 seconds I've ever. Come on, somebody. The angels in heaven. The angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, we're going we're gonna to transition into service today. We've got baptism. But here's what I want to do before, before you start moving. I'm not telling you you have to. Y'all know where I'm going with this? You came unprepared. And I'm not pressuring you. I need to be careful right here. But if you just receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I know the process. Don't fire me. And you want to be baptized today. I read scriptures in the New Testament where they were saved and they were baptized that instant. Well, pastor, they got to go through baptism 101. Here's baptism 101. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is like this wedding ring. 
is an outward sign of an inward commitment. This ring says, I'm taking. If I take this ring off, does it mean I'm not married? It's what baptism is. It's a public profession. You're testifying. The Bible says we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. If you want to be, if you want to be baptized, I'm not turning you away. I'm not turning you away. Today is your day. You, you just might have to sit in wet clothes the rest of the service. No. We, we'll, we'll work something out. We have baptism every month. Listen, if you're not, if you're, if you're not prepared today, I understand. You'll, you'll have an opportunity the first Sunday next month to be baptized. But what I want to do right now, if you are being baptized today, I want to dismiss you at this point. You can go change clothes. You can get ready. If you are going through next steps, uh, next steps is taking place in the conference room uh, in just a few moments. So uh, you can go ahead and be dismissed to next steps. For the rest of you, we're going to transition for the rest of our service. We got some people that we're going to baptize in just a few minutes, but really quick, if you want to return to your seat, you can have a seat, and we will go through a few announcements. We're going to worship God in giving, and then we're going to preach a word. How many of y'all are ready for the word today? Amen. 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 As you're returning to your seats, praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody fist bump your neighbor and say, you sure do look good today. But not as good as me. Praise God, yeah. Can I have that order of service right there too? That way I know what I'm supposed to say. Praise God. How many of y'all believe he's in the room today? Hey, if you're, uh, if you're in the back today, we tried to set out some extra seats. I uh, hope we made room for, for everybody today. I don't know if we have anybody in the comments in the overflow or not, but we've got all kind of seats up here up front. I know it's, um, you're taking a risk. Come on, somebody, you're taking a chance by setting up front. But it ain't as scary as what it seems. Come on, somebody. Hey, how many of y'all can testify up front? It ain't as scary as what? <laughs> Praise God. Got to get up here in the glory. Come on, somebody. Got to get up here in the glory. Hey, we're doing something very special this week. Uh, how many of y'all know we are a church that loves God and loves people? And we're, we are not an inward-focused church. We are an outward-focused church. What does that mean? That means that we exist not, for, not just for the people who are already in our church, but for the people who have yet to receive Jesus Christ, the people who are in our community that need a fully functioning, healthy expression of the body of Christ. And I want Forward Church to be a fully functioning, healthy expression of the body of Christ. Um, if I can have my ushers, um, they're going to pass out these cards. They're going to be coming. They're going to be working their way from the back to the front. They're going to hand uh, the person on the end of the road just a, a, a handful of these cards. And if you can help me pass them out, I will explain to you what they are. Because we are looking, we are looking for creative ways to reach our community. We are looking for creative ways. Because this is something God's placed on my heart this season. This is harvest season. This is harvest season. 
And no more can the church just expect the harvest to come to her. The bride of Christ, which is the church, come on. We've got to be like Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost. And so we don't just expect our community to come to us. We go to our community. Come on, somebody. Amen. This week, we are, I don't know if you want to call this an outreach, blitz, a community blitz, a campaign. You can put whatever uh, terminology you want, evangelism. But we're simply, we're calling it pay it forward. It's what we're calling it, pay it forward. We want you to bless somebody in the community this week. If you want to learn, uh, if, if anybody wants to learn more about our church, they have a little QR code on the front of this card. So what does this look like? Let me give you some specific instructions. So if you want to pay for somebody's food in a drive-thru, bless, bless somebody in a car behind you. Leave this card and just, just let them know, hey, Forward Church just wants to bless you. Pull up at a gas station. Look at somebody and say, hey, do you mind if I pay for your gas? How many of y'all know that would be a blessing to somebody? Gas prices today, that would be a blessing. Come on. See, God has called us to be a generous church. And that doesn't stop with our tithes and our offerings. Generosity extends outside the four walls of the church. As a matter of fact, the Christian faith was founded on generosity, on giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. So take a few of these this week. Bless somebody. Leave the card in their hand. Whatever it looks like. You might, you might not have money to, to buy for their food or pay for their gas. Tote somebody's groceries. Find an elder at Greer's. Find an elder at, at, at Walmart and just say, hey, I, can, I, can I unload your groceries for you? Can I put your buggy up? It's one of my pet peeves. People don't put their buggies up. I'm like, we're raising a generation that does not know how to put buggies up. We're, I'm, I'm like, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Do everything unto the Lord. Um, so just bless somebody this week. Amen. If you need any more information about this, you can see Pastor Brandon. You can see somebody that knows more than I do. Amen. Um, really quick. I want to give an update on our capital campaign. Many of y'all know that we're in the middle of a faith campaign right now to better position our church financially because how many of y'all know the best is still yet to come? The best is still yet to come. And we started a campaign, a financial campaign, uh, back in the month of April. And God is just blessing this church and, and you are being faithful. And I thank God for a faithful, generous church. And so far, uh, uh, through the $252,000 that's been pledged, we've had a total of almost $70,000 given toward that pledge. Come on, somebody, give God praise. We're not even, we're not even halfway there yet. And, and God is just continuing. God is just being faithful in every single aspect of this church. And I'm, I'm so thankful um, that you are being consistent in your giving. Home folk, can we give all of our guests a hand today? Come on, give them the best hand clap of praise you got. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you come to Forward today, I, I just want to say this. You came on a good day. You came in a good season. Uh, we, we've been doing this 
one 10 o'clock service now going on two weeks. I believe we're in a season of, of revival and God's just doing special things in and among our people. I hope you got a prayer card or a connect card when you came in. If you didn't, there should be one close by in the chair somewhere. If you're sitting in the back, there might not be one um, because we had to set out extra seats to accommodate everybody. But if you, uh, if you would like one of these and you're in the back, just sort of wave your hand at one of those ushers standing around back there that, that is dying for something to do right now. And they will get you a connect card and prayer card. Um, take a few moments right now. Just go ahead and do this because if you don't do it now, you'll forget. I know you're like, if you're like me, if I don't do it when I'm thinking about it, I forget. So take a few moments, fill it out. The most important spot is a place down in the bottom. It's a place for your prayer request. I believe in a God who answers prayers. I said, I believe in a God who answers prayers. Amen. And um, not only, not only uh, myself, but the, the staff, we're going to be praying over these. And so you can take a few moments. You can fill this out. Drop it in the offering bag when it comes by. We'll be sure it gets to where it needs to go. And again, thank you so much for choosing forward to worship Jesus today. Y'all ready to worship God in giving? Amen. We're going to worship God in giving. Then we're going to have baptism. And then we're going to get into the word today. Will you pray with me? God, I love you. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity to worship you in giving. I just pray, God, that you would bless both the gift and the giver. Let everything we do bring glory and honor to your name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, it's time for the announcements. Check out the screen to see how you can stay involved at Forward Church. Fall Fest was a huge success. Thank you to every team involved. You poured out your heart and blessed the community, and we couldn't be more grateful. Thank you for all you do. Join us this Wednesday for an intimate time of worship in a dynamic teaching series. Pastors Justin and Cassie will continue with Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We are so glad you were here. Now it's time for a word from Pastor Justin, titled, Bringing Purpose and Order to My Life. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of y'all are ready to celebrate some new life in Christ today? We've got, uh, we had people uh, seated right here in front of the baptism. And we just had to warn them that uh, during baptism, you might have to back up a little bit because uh, it's the splash zone. You didn't know you were coming to SeaWorld 2 today, did you? Praise God. All right. Who's ready to celebrate new life in Christ? Yes. yes. Praise God. So Hallelujah. All right. I want you to tell everybody your name, okay? Sawyer McLean. Sawyer, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, he does. Praise God. Okay, Sawyer, upon that profession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Give me five, man. Buddy right here. I want you to tell everybody your name. Chloe. 
Chloe. Everybody give Chloe a hand. I asked Chloe if she wanted to testify before she got baptized. She said, nah. I said, okay. But I will ask you an important question. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? upon that uh, profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, praise God. Messy baptized. That's okay. say something? You know I can't grab a mic without running my mouth. Uh, this is uh, Mia. Uh, I have known Mia God for 48 seconds. She said, this is my first time here. Yeah. I'm so, here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for a generation of young people that's not going to sit back on their yeah. do-nothing Come on. do Yes. Thankful for a group of young people that says if mama don't say it, if daddy don't say it, yeah. me in my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Yes, we're gonna God. serve Jesus. Amen. I'm sorry, I get excited about this stuff. Yeah. You don't have to. That's why you're still walking in fear and anxiety and depression and hopelessness. That's why you're still walking broken. Yeah. Amen. 
Mia, I'm going to turn you to the pastor. <laughs> Mia, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I believe you made that decision today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You lay the mic down. If you will, hold your nose. Yeah. Mia, upon your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Praise God. Yeah, you can use it, though. That's okay. <laughs> Come on in, man. What's your name, man? Devin Simmons. Kevin? Devin. Devin. Everybody give Devin a hand. Praise God. Devin, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Praise God. If you will, hold your nose. You need that other hand. Grab that. Grab that. Yeah, there you go. Because we don't want people trying to catch themselves on the way back. Come on, somebody. Devin, upon your public profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, woo! That's good. <laughs> you know, we always praise God. You might you might wonder like so we get them to hold their nose and then we get them to grab their arm, like why do we get them to grab their arm? Because the instinct is when you're going back to try to don't resist it, amen. Just, just go with it. Pastor, I, yeah. need, I got something else to say. Hang on. Cut the music. I'm, just kidding. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I've watched these young men. I've watched God completely. Yeah. I've watched the Holy Spirit actually just chisel and work on their hearts, amen. their minds, everything about them. And when he talked about circumcision this morning, you know, a lot of y'all resort to the flesh. Yeah. And that's what the Old Testament does. But in the New Testament, Jesus gives us a sword of the Spirit because it, it penetrates the heart. And he circumcises the heart. Yeah. He cuts away the filth, the ungodliness, the unrighteousness to allow us to walk in holiness and righteousness and purity and clarity. And we can walk with a clear mind. But this is Jonah. Jonah's experienced a lot in church. And I'm, I have watched God transform. He's genuine. He's 100% genuine. He doesn't lie and sit back like a lot of folks do. Cover and mask things up. Yeah. He's real. And he wants to testify just if that's okay. I would love, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to hear. <laughs> um, I, grew up in, I grew up in church, but I never... Uh,
still not committing my life to God, even though I was praying to Him, coming here, it's just, I wasn't doing it. I'm done with the Lord now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. How many? Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can't fake the Holy Ghost. Come on. You can't fake conviction in the presence of God. You can't fake true salvation. How many's been to a Brown High School game? There's a young man that runs across the end zone and does about 14 flips, spins, twists. This is that young man right here. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah, upon your public profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes! Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you. What's your name? Ethan. Ethan. Everybody give Ethan a hand. Hallelujah. Ethan, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Praise God. If you will hold your nose and hold your arm with your other hand. There you go. Ethan, upon your public profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just so you know, we had seven before church. Just keep that in mind. We had seven before church. What's your name, buddy? Brody. Brody. Everybody give Brody a hand. Yeah. Brody, same question. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Praise God. I love it. I love it. Hold your hose. Yeah. There you go. Right, right here. There you go. Brody, upon that public profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, praise God. Everybody give Dixie a hand. Praise God. Real quick, how long have you been coming here, Dixie? Less than a year. Less than a year. God's going to work in you and in your life in less than a year. I believe he's turning things around and he's going to continue to turn things around moving forward. I believe that. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, sir. Praise God. Dixie, upon that profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
give God praise two months God only needs one day but praise God Brianna you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior praise God there you go Brianna upon that profession of faith we baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit yeah praise God your name? Jessica. Jessica. Everybody give Jessica a hand this morning. How long have you been here? Three months. Three months. Amen. God's in the work in your life. You believe the best is still yet to come? Yes. I believe that. Amen. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, awesome. Jessica, upon your public profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah! Praise God. Hallelujah. baptism candidates, everybody who's gotten baptized today, can we give to Jesus praise, amen, come on somebody, hallelujah, 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 come on, let's celebrate for 10 seconds, for 10 seconds, God, we love you, God, we praise you, Father, God, we worship you, God, for souls that's been saved, God, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Father, thank you, Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Y'all ready for the word? Yeah. I'm ready. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open them with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. I want to read one verse of scripture today, verse 18. It's our main text. And when you find it, something we do here at Forward Church is just we stand for the reading of God's word. I promise you, I know you've been standing a long time, but if you'll just stand one more time, I'll let you sit for the rest of the service and I'll remain standing, okay? Is that a deal? Isaiah chapter 45, beginning with verse 18. If you got it, say, I got it. If not, it's up on the screen. It says this. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed, somebody say formed, 
who formed the earth and made it, who established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. Somebody say inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. How many of y'all know he is God and there is no other God? Today, I'd like to share with you a message titled, Bringing Purpose and Order to My Life. If you need purpose and order in your life today, can you just lift up your hands right now as I pray? God, right now, I thank you, God, for this word that you've downloaded into my spirit, God, this week. I need your strength. I need your anointing. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, let every single word that comes out of my mouth this morning Let it be ordained by you, Father. Nothing more, nothing less. God, let these words pierce the hearts of this congregation. God, that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers, God. And God, I pray this prayer every single Sunday. God, I don't want anyone to leave here the same way we walked in. And I'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, buckle your seatbelt. Sometimes biblical authors would suddenly refer to other passages to make an unexpected point to the audience that they were writing to. And we see that all throughout the Word of God where even New Testament authors refers a lot to the Old Testament. There will be a lot of Old Testament symmetry even in New Testament Scripture as we read it. You know, I think about a lot of texts that comes to mind. You know, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he stood up and he quoted the prophet who? Joel. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He goes through and he quotes, and that's even recorded in the book of Acts in the New Testament. And one of their favorite, though, one of the the biblical author's favorite themes to reference was God's role as creator and sustainer of life. See, without going, without trying to get too too quick into this message this morning, I want everyone to understand that before you can grasp the word today, before you can really get what I've came to share with you today, in other words, the meat of the message, you have to have the very foundation, the foundation of faith, the foundational principle that God is the creator and the sustainer of life. Genesis 1 Verse 1 and 2 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. Somebody say without form. And void. Somebody say and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, we know the rest of the story of creation. I don't have to read the whole story of creation this morning. I will if if you want me to, but some of y'all are saying, please, no. We know the rest of the story of creation. God formed the earth. God created everything that we see around us. Not only did he form it, he filled it. And not only did he fill it, he filled it for a purpose. Meaning this, God intentionally creates everything. God did not create anything by accident. And in other words, God created everything that God created. He created it for a 
purpose. But I want you to notice something in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In this text, we see the phrase, without form and void. It's the Hebrew words, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing these right or not. Come on, somebody, amen. Tohu and bohu. T-O-H-U, for those of you who's taking notes, blessed are the note takers. T-O-H-U and B-O-H-U. Tohu and bohu. This phrase can refer to an empty wasteland, meaning it's not filled, it's not inhabited yet. Somebody say yet. Meaning right now in this point, it's formless and it's not inhabited. It's a little chaotic. It's uninhabited. It's not in order. Y'all are catching on. It's uninhabited, it's not filled, and it's not in order. Do we see the imagery of this anywhere else in the Bible? Do you see the words tohu and bohu anywhere else in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. I'll answer that question. Jeremiah, who was known as the weeping prophet, he warned God's people about disobeying their creator. Basically, Jeremiah said, if you want a world without God... Here's what it's going to look like. And I'm going somewhere. I don't want to lose you just yet. Basically, Jeremiah in chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, he said this. For my people are foolish. This is God, the Holy Spirit, speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to the nation of Israel, to God's people. He said, for my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children. I love... <laughs> I love how God puts it. <laughs> he, don't, he, don't, he don't beat around the bush, does he? See, a lot, I, I, I don't even, I, this ain't in my notes. See, we, we, we want it watered down every once in a while because we can't handle the truth. <laughs> I don't need to quote the movie. Come on, somebody. You want the truth, you can't handle the truth. And I've, I'm afraid that a lot of, well, never mind, I'm not going there. They have no understanding but they are wise to do evil. But do not, but they, but to do good, they have no knowledge. Meaning, they know how to do evil, and they're doing it well. Does that sound familiar today? But to do good, they have no clue. They have no knowledge of how to do good. And Jeremiah warned the nation of Israel. He said, if you want a life like that, meaning without goodness, because God is good. And if you don't have good in your life, then that means you don't have God. Y'all missed that. He said, if you want a life without God, here's what it looks like. And I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without Tohu and Bohu. It was without form and void. Meaning this, without God, it's an empty wasteland. Not only is it an empty wasteland without God, but it's chaotic. How many of y'all know God is a God of order? And Jeremiah warned the nation of Israel, if you want to live a life 
that is contrary to the will of God, then you have to understand that you're going to reap the fruit thereof. And the fruit thereof is a world of chaos, meaning disobeying God or living outside the will of God, Jeremiah said, would lead to, cre to a creation that was without form and void, uninhabited, wasteland, chaos, not in order. Now, where else do we find a reference to the words tohu and bohu? Well, I'm getting there. Let's go there. In chapters 44 and 45, the prophet Isaiah, our main text came from the book of Isaiah chapter what? 45. But in order to get the context of the text, come on somebody, every text has a context, you have to back up a few chapters to understand the context of what Isaiah is talking about right here. And God proves in Isaiah 45 that the prophet Isaiah is actually prophesying about a king by the name of Cyrus. How many of y'all has ever heard a king by the name of Cyrus? And what Isaiah is prophesying right here is that God desires to prove through the prophet that he is who he claims to be by announcing the name of a deliverer for Israel's Babylonian exiles. See, Israel was about to go into Babylonian captivity, but how many of y'all know that even before they went into captivity, God had a plan? Even before they went into captivity, even before they disobeyed, even, be even before you partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it could get deep in here right now. God had a plan. God had a plan. We're, we're going there. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going there. We just got to lay the foundation first. God said in, Isaiah's, in Isaiah chapter 44 and 45, he's prophesying through Isaiah about a king by the name of Cyrus. And he says this about Cyrus. He said, he shall perform all my pleasure. Meaning, in other words, he's going to do what I have willed him and anointed him to do. Cyrus was a special instrument in God's hand. He was not only a special instrument in God's hand, but he was going to be used for God's work. He would do the work of the Lord and open the door for the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the temple after the Babylonians demolished them. God poured out his spirit and his anointing on a man by the name of Cyrus, who, get this, was a pagan king. He was not an Israelite. He was not of the lineage of Abraham. He was from the hood. He was from the south side of the track. He wasn't raised up on the east side. He wasn't like the Jeffersons. But God placed his anointing on this king to accomplish his will. And the proclamations of Cyrus fulfilling this prophecy are found in Ezra chapter 1 verse 2 and 2 Chronicles 36 verse 23. I'm not going to read that scripture, but I want you to understand something about all of this. God's prophesying through the prophet Isaiah, and he's prophesying about a man by the name of Cyrus, get this, 200 years before Cyrus was even born. 200 years before anybody ever knew that there was going to be a Cyrus, God was speaking through the prophet Isaiah 
saying, I've already got your deliverer. Your deliverance is already set in motion. You're not even in your captivity yet. This is a whole lot better preaching than what. You're not even in your captivity, but I've already set in motion a plan to set you free. And the prophet, go ahead and give him praise if you want to. So we find our main text. We're caught up. We got the context. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got context. And in chapter 45, verse 18, God, God decide, uh, decides to do something very significant through the prophet Isaiah. He stresses the fact in our main text that we just read. He stresses the fact that God's primary objective in all of creation was to bring purpose and order. Meaning this, God created Israel, God formed Israel, God said, you are my people, I have chosen this nation, I have chosen this land, and I have not formed this land to be a wasteland, to be empty and void, but I have formed it and I have created it to be what? Inhabited. How many of y'all are following me? And even though you may fall into captivity, even though you may disobey my word, even though you may walk away from the will in which I have chosen for you, I am a faithful God and I am a true God and I'm going to raise up a deliverer for you because I am a true God and true father to my promises. I'm not creating something without inhabiting it. The prophet stressed that. He said, for thus says the Lord who created, I'm just reading the main text again to refresh our memory. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth. Meaning if there's any question about who formed the earth, or if there's any question about it being an empty and void wasteland, I'm going to settle that once and for all. He formed it. He made it. He established it, and he didn't form it and create it and establish it in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Meaning this, God formed it, he filled it with a purpose, and God set it in order. As a matter of fact, God didn't create an empty wasteland or a formless world. That was just one minor step in the process. His intentions was an inhabited life-giving world. So God did what he intended in the beginning at creation. He did what he intended with the nation of Israel and the Israelites, even when they were in captivity. He brought form, function, and order to his creation. Pastor, what does this have to do with anything today? If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. We live in a time when many people are trying to do godly things without God. And they are failing. Why? Because without God, there is no function and there is no order. The scripture says you may have a form of godliness, but you better not 
denied the power thereof because it's the power thereof that teaches us to walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. See, I came to say something over somebody today. You may be living a life that's outside the will of God right now. You may be following the desires of your flesh and the desires of the enemy for your life, but all you're going to do by doing that is reap a life that is without form and void, an empty wasteland, uninhabited, that's full of chaos. But I've came to tell somebody today that God created you, he formed you to fill you, to bring purpose and order to your life. Thank you, Jesus. You should have praised him a little longer right there. That's God's intentions for you. Form, function, and order. And there may be many of you here today, your life feels like a wasteland. Chaotic. Not in order. Once was I. Paul said this, don't you think you're better than everybody else? He lists all these sins, and he says this. He said, you were once that. Can I say, I was once there. Empty wasteland. Chaos. But I want you to understand something today. God didn't form you not to fill you with a purpose. God did not form you not to fill you with a purpose. God said this in Jeremiah as well. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed you. He's speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you. What did he say? I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. In other words, what he told Jeremiah, he said, before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I appointed you. I had purpose for you. I'm going to form you but I already have the purpose laid out. Meaning this, the purpose came first. Y'all missed that. The purpose came first. You wasn't formed, and then God said, well, now I got to figure out a purpose for their life. If that's your view of God, I, I pray for you because that's a very little view of the creator of the universe. Because before you were formed, your purpose was already written out. David wrote this, Psalms 139, verses 14 through 16. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows them well. My frame was not hidden from you. In other words, my form was not hidden from you. 
When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance before I was yet formed, before I was created, being yet unformed. You saw God sees you. God saw you before. Somebody needs to understand the, the father that we serve today, the God that we serve. He made you for a purpose. He said, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, what book? I don't know. I don't think it's this book. I think God's got a book of story of our life. And he, 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 he's writing your story. And he knows the chapter before you even know the chapter. He knows the subtitle before you even know the subtitle. He knows the storm before you even hear the thunderclap. But he's already set forth your deliverance on the other side of the storm. Because get this, not only is he the God of your life, he's the God of the storm too. And every storm has a purpose. Every step has a purpose. Every tear you cry, he holds. I know this. Come on, somebody. God doesn't waste your pain. God will take what the enemy intended to steal, to kill, and destroy, and he'll turn it around for his glory. Well, I hear you, Pastor. Praise God for Jeremiah. Praise God for David. But what about... What about me? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For, where's it at? Ephesians 2, verse 10. Y'all got it back there? For, we. we. Who's we? If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. You're we. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Some of y'all just need to get a hold of that. God's plans for your life are for good works, which God prepared. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He prepared your story before you even live your story. That we should walk. See, it's all about following God's will and purpose for your life. It's all about following his spirit. Because a life that's full of God, a life that is inhabited by God. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know you are a temple? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He created you. He formed you. To fill you. Pastor, what is he filling me with? He's filling you with his spirit. He's filling you with his spirit for a purpose. You don't even really know your true purpose until you know God. You missed it. About 10 of y'all got it. You don't know your real purpose until you know God. You can't know purpose until because... Without God, there is no purpose. 
The Bible says, I can do nothing apart from him. You say, what does that look like? It looks like a life that's without form and void. It looks like a life with, without a life without God. Looks like a life that's an empty wasteland. Oh, you may have worldly things. You may have worldly riches. You may have certain things that's giving you pleasure for a season. But I'm going to tell you something. True fulfillment, true fulfillment is not found in those things. You can have all those things and still feel empty. You can still have a void in your life. And there's a world out there. Listen to me, church. There is a world outside the four walls of this church that is feeling and experiencing exactly what I'm talking about right now, but they can't put their finger on what it is. And they need a church that understands that without God, all you have is emptiness, wasteland, chaos. Closing. From the opening lines of Genesis 1, God is depicted as the one who gives life, order, and purpose to all things. You were created on purpose for a purpose. That's hashtag right there. <laughs> you were created. On, don't let nobody tell you you were an accident. I don't care what your mom and daddy said. God don't make accidents. Just going to leave that right there. Put that in your pocket. Save it for later. See, a thriving creation is under his blessing. The wastelands are outside of his care. Not because he doesn't care. That's what the enemy wants you to think. That's the lie of the enemy. An empty, chaotic life is a sign that you are living outside of the care of God, but not because he doesn't care. Because you have not submitted to his authority. And the enemy is whispering lies in your ear. God don't care about you. If he cared about you, this wouldn't be like it is. I'm going to give the enemy a black eye today. feel like storm in hell with a water pistol. Come on, somebody. An empty wasteland is a sign that li they're living outside of God's care, not because he doesn't care, but because they've denied his care. All I'm asking you to do today is don't deny his care. You were formed to be filled, to be brought in order. In other words, to be brought into alignment. Y'all ever, ever had a vehicle that's front end was out of alignment? Wave your hand at me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What was it constantly trying to do? 
is trying to veer one way or the other. That's what your life will be like when you're living out of alignment. You're constantly going to be trying to veer. The enemy will be tugging you this direction, that direction. You won't know left from right, up from down, right? What? God said, my, my, my path is narrow, straight. Not because it's impossible to walk it, but because it takes living under his care and his authority to stay in alignment. You can, try, you can keep trying to do godly things without God, but you're going to keep denying the power that it takes in order to live that life that's full of his blessing, full of his favor, full of his glory for your life. Because he has a life that's full of purpose, full of blessing, full of favor. Give him praise. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Here's how God told me to close out this service today. <laughs> he created you to inhabit you. He created you to inhabit you. And the Bible says, God, God said, I will inhabit the praises of my people. Before I even walked up here on this platform, I was confident how to close out this service today. If you want to live a life that's full of purpose and order, you need God to inhabit you. And in order for God, the, the atmosphere or the culture that invites the Holy Spirit to inhabit you is created when you praise Him. Y'all missed it. They missed it. The atmosphere that you have to create in order for God to, to, to be invited into your life, God's not going to just come kicking the door down without being invited. He's going to stand there. He's going to... Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know how you answer the knock? Give him praise. Give him praise. Come on, somebody. Let's just give him praise right now. God, I pray, Lord, that you would inhabit the praises of your people, Lord. God, we are called according to your purpose right now, Father. Have your way in the remainder of this service. Come on, somebody. God, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
How many of y'all know that God is a God of purpose and order? I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you, and I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you you have to leave. I'm not, I'm not up here to do that. But I am saying this. I want to pray over you, and here's your instructions, because this is all new, amen? Because some of y'all, you, you think you have to wait on the pastor to dismiss service for the service to be over. I'm just stepping into a new season where I'm like, I ain't, I ain't dismissing nothing. Come on, somebody. You, you stay in the glory as long as you want to stay in the glory, okay? But what I am saying is this. Just please be mindful of our child team, our kid team out there. Come on. So what we're doing right now is, is if you have a kid in kids' church, 12 o'clock, we're just sort of saying that's checkout time because how many of y'all know some of us have been in there two and a half hours? Come on. And two and a half hours with your children. No, I'm just playing. Without form and void. Come on. If you have children, we're just asking that you go ahead and go check them out. But if you want to come back in and you want to pray, get your praise on some more, get your praise on with the kids. They need to experience this too, amen? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn it back over to the worship team, and I'm going to let them sing this song a little while longer. But if you can just say, Pastor, I want prayer right now. My life feels like it's without form and void. It's like an empty wasteland, and I want God to bring purpose and order to my life. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you all. Find somebody. Uh, Pastor Brandon, will you help me pray right there? Somebody. Pastor Rod, somebody right here, Pastor uh, Chris, thank y'all. Help me pray. God, right now, God, I pray, Lord, that you are a God of purpose and order, Father, and you have set forth everything, God. God, and you, you bring everything into alignment, Father. And right now, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that you fill us, God, that you have, you formed us and that you will fill us with a purpose and an order and that you will bring everything in our life into alignment, God, the way you intended it and the way you designed it. And I give you praise. I give you glory.